We've been in this thing called the list, and the kind of the key verse with the list is this. If you possess these qualities, in other words, the qualities of the list, um, an increasing measure, in other words, as you begin to kind of latch on to these things, and they begin to take hold in your life, uh, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will render you neither, um, they will keep you from being uh, ineffective and unproductive. And that what we've been saying about the list, uh, the whole thing kind of here, is that life is more than coping. Life isn't just to get by, okay? And so we've been going through these items of the list, and the thing about them is, the way uh, Peter writes about this, is, is you add, to each one you add the next one. And so they begin to get kind of more and more important. And as we move down the list, um, we tend to see more and more people kind of weeded out <laughs> of becoming like Christ. Okay, so, so the first one's goodness. And we kind of all get this. Goodness is just doing the right thing. Okay, and if, if, you're, if, you're, a, if, if you're kind of skeptical about Christianity, if you're trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, man, do, this Jesus thing, it's hard for me, all this kind of stuff. This is probably how, how you connect with Christianity. It's don't do this and, and do this, just a list of do's and don'ts. Well, in fact, that is a big part of it, and that's what we talked about in the list. It, it's goodness, doing the right thing, and we talked about being obedient matters. The second one uh, is knowledge, and in knowledge, it's like, okay, doing the right thing. How do I live my life? What do I do? I want to obey. I want to be obedient. How do I do that? Well, this knowledge comes in and says, here's some information about who Christ was. And so we talked about knowledge is really just knowing Christ, knowing what he would do. That's what being a disciple is. A disciple just looks at his rabbi or her rabbi and goes, what would Rabbi Jesus do in this case? That's being a disciple. It's being a follower. You follow. You learn. You mimic. Okay? Well, after knowledge, once you get the knowledge, uh, then we need (laughs) self-control. Because once you know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, then it comes time to actually having to do it or not do it. And that's uh, self-control. And so we were talking about how um, really self-control is being controlled by Jesus. It's not just can I sit, you know, and not fidget, but what does God want me to do right now? How, if God took control of my life, what would it look like? And that's self-control. And that's a daily thing, right? And so that brings us to that next one. We need perseverance. We need to be able to just day after day, decision after decision, you know, um, uh, circumstance after circumstance, be able to persevere and go, okay, Christ did it. And, you know, it's this, this perseverance one just gets me so many times because I go back to Jesus and I think, man, every day, like every decision, Jesus, every single one, like, like somebody cuts you off on a camel or whatever and you're just like, hey, no problem. Like, man, so the perseverance one, uh, always gets me. And then last week we talked about godliness. And we talked about godliness being, uh, it's not goodliness. We already talked about goodness. Godliness is having the mind of Christ. It's understanding that we, we have this kind of dual nature, this, this flesh and the spirit. I was, um, uh, I, I did a funeral this week and one of the verses I, I, I 
read during most funerals is that we've been sown this perishable body, right? I mean, we all can pinch ourselves and see that we're awake, and we all have aches and pains. As, as I get older, I have, uh, you know, less hair, more weight. I don't know how that works, but, you know, I, I got more pains and stuff, and I was feeling my, the back of my leg the other day, and one knee's like bigger than the other. I don't know why. And I, it's just, it's starting. You know, I'm just, this is it. I, you know, I'm going down the tubes. Right? It's, it's like a good, this perishable body. But then, but then Paul goes on. He goes, well, if, if we've been sown this perishable body, then, then we have an imperishable body too, right? And, and so the, the decisions we make in our perishable body and the things, how we look at things and how we see the world, that's godliness. Do, can we see the kingdom of God rather than just the kingdom of man? And so we talked about um, having uh, that ha- uh, godliness is having the mind of Christ, which brings us to this morning. And this morning, um, it's kind of weird because we'd think that this next one is um, should be kind of lower on the list. Like it's kind of obvious. Like if if I were to talk to somebody and I said, "Yeah, well, you know, what's it like to be a Christian?" you'd probably have this as one of your, your top things. It's, it's uh, brotherly kindness. And you think if these things are building on each other and if it's kind of like getting more and more ramped up and next week is the last week and I'll just give the thing away, it's love, okay? Like love, all through Scripture, we know love is the ultimate thing, right? It's the greatest, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And we'll talk about that next week. But, but you think brotherly kindness, I mean, that, that's kind of... Um, I don't know. I mean, isn't it obvious? I mean, isn't that even, even people who aren't followers of Jesus, don't we kind of all know that we're supposed to do good to each other? It's a golden rule. Do unto others as those have done the, yeah, whatever, whatever the rule is. Like everyone knows the rule. Apparently I don't, but everyone else does. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Sorry. Yeah, I was, I'm already on point three of my sermon. Uh, and and so, so it's like that seems kind of obvious. You'd think it would go like goodness, like do good, and then brotherly kindness, and then do good to others, and then self-control, perseverance, godliness, love, right? Why is brotherly kindness towards the end of the list? It, and here's my answer, because we're terrible at it. It's hard. It might be obvious, but it's hard. And if you are sitting here and you're skeptical about Christianity, it's probably because sometime in your life you met a bunch of Christians. And, and they might have t- treated you great. You might have been like, dude, I went to their Bible study. I got brownies and man, this was awesome. And they, were, they hugged me and it, it was great. But you stayed around long enough to see how we treat each other. And you went, man, you know what? The... Moose Lodge does a better job than, than they do. I've been in the church for 30 years, something like that. I don't know. I, I, was, I, was, I think I was 15 when I came to Christ. Right, so then I've only been in there uh, 10 year, years. Um, and, you know, my, my dad was a pastor. I, I've seen everything. <laughs> I've seen it all. I've seen Christians do stuff to each other that you... That, uh, see, there's something about brotherly kindness that's hard and what we're going to look at this morning is it goes way beyond the golden rule it goes way beyond do unto others as you have them do unto you there's something much deeper when i first got here um i was super i'd never been a pastor before i was very nervous um i didn't know what i was doing 
and come to find out, I still don't. Uh, but I, was, I felt most comfortable around the youth because uh, they have way lower expectations for me than, <laughs> than the adults did, right? I mean, the, the adults... Well, you sit down and you have 10 different meetings with people about, so what do you, you know, what, where do you want the church to go? And it's 10 completely different things. You're like, I think I'll just be a youth pastor from now on, right? So I was hanging out with the youth, and um, at that time, uh, Nate and Casey weren't married, and uh, Blue was just a young pup, and uh, they were just kind of uh, there. And we were talking about um, getting some water. I, 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 I wanted to get a, a, a thing. I said, do we have any water? And I believe it was Casey, but I'm not sure. said, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you some water. And I said, no, I'll get it. And, and I didn't know you're not supposed to argue with Casey. I know that now. But uh, <laughs> you, you go, she said, I'll, I'll get it. And I said, no, I'll get it. And then she said, I call it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you call it? Like, I used to call the front seat. You know, did you ever do that? I, I got the front seat. I called it. You did not. I got it. You know, right? But she was calling getting me some water. It turns out that this is what they do in the youth group. They have this term, I call it. And, and what was really cool was, um, what happened was, she said, I called it, and I'm like, so? <laughs> like, like, what does that mean? And I just watched all the youth like, oh, he's going he's gonna to try and trump and I call it. Like, we've... <laughs> We've never seen this happen. People start like looking down, kind of like, uh, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know. Like there was this, cult, listen to me, there was this culture in the youth of brotherly kindness. And the fact that I would trump and I call it, <laughs> I, I know this now. I mean, in my house, I've got a daughter who's, you know, who's in the youth and will go, I call it. And you just, there's nothing you can do. When so, just, I'm telling you, and, 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 and I hope this just comes right out into our, uh, into our sanctuary and this becomes who we are. Uh, we become a church of I call it. You know, it, 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 something needs to be done, I call it, I got it. And you can't trump an I call it, okay? Now, Jesus did an I call it, okay, uh, in the book of John. And this when we begin to kind of explore this deeper and deeper, it's mind-blowing what Jesus does in this passage of Scripture. It is the example of brotherly, brotherly kindness. Let's, uh, let's get started in John chapter 13, verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Okay, so I just want to set this up because this is an, a phenomenal, phenomenal verse. I, we can't miss the, the, the extent of the gravity of this verse. We are days away from Jesus being hung on a cross, okay? So you think he's got something on his mind right now? You think he's kind of busy? You think maybe, you know, that, you know we do this to each other all the time. If you're, if, you're, if you're married to somebody and they have just this crazy report that's due at the end of the week and they blow up a little bit or they're like, I can't talk to you right now. We all let each other off the hook. Like, yeah, they got their report going on. Don't worry about it. Jesus was ready to hang on a cross to be rejected by his heavenly father, which was the first time in eternity that this has ever happened. It says Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. 
and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus was in total connection with his deity and what he had to do. And the very next verse (laughs) is mind-blowing. It says, so he got up from the meal and he said, I call it. He took off his outer clothing. Now, just so we're clear culturally what this means, because there's another section that says he put his clothes back on, okay? So as America, you know, they, they layered back then, okay? So uh, he, he took off his outer garments, so he had kind of this, this inner robe uh, on it. And so it says he, he, um, he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Now, I, I want to I go back. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. This is brotherly kindness. This is understanding. Again, you can't, this is why it's farther down the list. You can't do it without godliness. You can't do this without a kingdom mindset. Otherwise, it's just do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Great passage, right? It's a golden rule. Jesus said it himself, okay? But this goes far deeper. This goes past circumstance. This goes past kind of how we look at life. Because see, as Americans, as humans, we have this sense that there's a limited supply that if I'm at work and you get a promotion, that stops me from getting promotion. If you get a raise, I get a raise. If you make money, I lose money. There's this sense. And so, so when we say do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, that gets kind of skewed in here. And so we're, we're going to, so he, he, wrapped, let me, he wraps a towel around his waist. And after he's poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Peter had his mind blown, (laughs) right? Peter says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Let me see. Yeah. Are you going to wash my feet? See, when the kingdom of God hits the kingdom of this world, it's completely flipped. I don't know if you've ever done this. I I, I don't blame Peter. Have you ever done this where it's like there's one little piece of pie left and you're like, oh, I want that pie. And it's like, no, I get the pie. And you're like, you already had a piece of pie. I was a tiny piece, and you had one yesterday, and all this kind of stuff. And then one person goes, oh, you know what? Go ahead and have it. Then the other person goes, no, no. You, you like, like, it, like there's something about somebody giving up that makes you feel stupid. Like, you know, like, no, no, you take it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need any pie, you know, whatever, right? This is what happened. Peter all of a sudden goes, whoa, you're, you're not going to wash my feet, are you, Jesus? Again, this shows you the difficulty of what it means to be in a community of brotherly kindness. All of a sudden, the, the, the kingdom of God is, illuminates the situation and you go, oh man, listen, I, I can't explain to you how unheard of it would be for a rabbi to wash his disciples' feet. It's unheard of. It would be like I go to work for Bill Gates or something, and I get there, and I, you know, I sit in my cubicle, and he comes by, and he, you know, polishes off my desk or something. I mean, it just, it, it just isn't going to happen, but it happens, and Peter says, are you going to wash my feet, and, um, and, uh, and then Jesus says this, uh, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later 
you will understand. See, as Peter begins to understand the kingdom of God more fully, which is exactly what we're reading about right now, it's in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter's beginning to understand, oh, well, godliness, to your godliness, add this brotherly kindness, add this kind of, no, you, no, you, no, I call it. And so he says, you're going to understand. And then Peter says something I think we should always say to Jesus. The minute Jesus tells you to do something, this should be the first word out of your mouth. No. <laughs> right? I mean, we look back and we're like, are you, Peter, it's Jesus, dude. Come on, what are you doing? But I mean, this is the thing. What, this is why this is so difficult, either receiving brotherly kindness or giving it. It's opposite of the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of God has no limited resources. So me serving you costs me nothing. There'll be plenty to go around. There's always enough to go around. It says God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Now it was written to a culture where a cattle on a thousand, I don't want a cattle on a thousand hills. I just want a nice car, right? Well, whatever your thing is. The, 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 the point is God is not limited in his resources, if I let you go in front of me, if I let you, your ministry flourish, there's going to be ministry dollars somewhere else. And this is difficult when you're running a church to keep that in the back of your mind because you're so like bottom line and you got to be a good steward and all that kind of stuff. But for God, it's, it's not a big deal. So Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. To which Jesus says, you know what? And I'll just show you, because he gets into this thing. Uh, yeah, this continues in this one. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Now, scholars and students of the Bible, uh, there's a bunch of camps in this verse, and some think he's switching right now to a salvation message, okay? That Jesus is, is switching to go, unless I wash, you have no part. In other words, unless you're saved, you have no part with me. But we have to, we, we, because he does end up kind of turning to this, but then he goes right back. His point is, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you will serve other disciples of Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of the passage, okay? And so Peter says, no, I, you know, I, you're not going to wash my feet. And he's like, listen, you've got to understand the importance of serving each other. It's hard. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you, in the church, let me, let me tell you why it's hard in the church. Because it's so easy to over-spiritualize why we don't do it. You'll have someone in the church who's passionate about a certain ministry or whatever. And we'll get to this when we get to the Philippians verse. But, and it sounds so spiritual why they need this and need that and demand this and why we should move in this direction. It sounds very spiritual because, because it's wrapped up in souls being saved or it's couched in whatever. I mean, it, it's just hard. But to be able to go, you know what? I call it. You know, you know, I'll watch. I'll watch in staff meetings. You, you, you guys should come to a staff meeting because my staff, uh, the, the staff at this church is awesome. But they'll talk about volunteers. Like someone will say, hey, I was going to, uh, you know, I was thinking about asking so-and-so to do this. And, and then one will go, oh, yeah, I, they're in my ministry. And the person will be like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, fine, yeah. Like there's no competition. 
I've seen staff members ask other staff members, hey, do you mind? Is so-and-so still working in your ministry? Because they totally get this, that God has no limited resources. He can raise up the rock. Honestly, I love Luke. I love you guys. But Jesus said, look, the rocks will cry. I mean, I, I can get rocks to start. I would love to see it. That would be awesome. Look, rocks, like all like, oh, we are good. You are, you know, whatever. But he, he, he's another, his point is, it doesn't matter. I got it. So they go on this thing and he says, you have no part of me. And then Peter kind of launches into this thing going, oh, in that case, you know, it's typical Peter. In that case, wash everything. You know, he's probably <laughs> taking off all his clothes. He's like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. Jesus is like, you're already clean. You're already clean, right? Don't worry about it. If you've taken a bath, you're already clean. And then Jesus makes this statement. He's, and this is why we go into the salvation thing because Jesus says, not all of you. In other words, he's talking about Judas. Here's the thing that just blows my mind. Because I love the brotherly kindness thing, except Jesus washed Judas' feet. He got all 12 of them. And we've had those people in our lives where we're like, I can do brotherly kindness to like an eight level. You know, but this guy, this gal... Oh, I can't do it. And Jesus is like, I'm washing the feet of the one who turns me in to have me killed. That's the extent. Now, so they have this conversation and, uh, and um, Jesus goes on and he says this. Uh, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he says this. Yeah, do you understand what I've done for you? Now, we can kind of understand because we read that first verse that said Jesus knew that God had placed all things under his power and that he had come from God and he's returning to God. Like Jesus knew that, but Jesus is trying to get his disciples to understand. Do you, do you guys get this? We should be a community of foot-washing leaders. We should be washing our children's feet. We should be washing our employees' feet. Now, again, one of the jokes of staff, of the staff, is I hate foot washings. I, I don't, they're uncomfortable. I don't like them. I think it was a total cultural thing. Like, I'm not saying you literally have to go to your neighbor or whatever and wash their feet. But you can do something else. You can give up a, 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 a volunteer in your ministry, let them go to an, another ministry. You can, I, mean, there, I can't even get into all the examples in your, in, your, in your small group questions this week. You'll see that every small group has to come up with 15 examples. So I know that they're, they're out there. But Jesus says, do you understand what I've done for you? And he goes on, he says, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that's what I am, okay? Now that I... Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. It's the point of the entire passage. The whole point of this passage is Jesus washed our feet. Not so we should wash Jesus' feet, so that we should wash, wash each other's feet. Okay? He says, and then, and then he, to sum the kind of whole thing up, he says, I've set an example. <laughs> this is why I've done this. I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, listen. 
as we get into all the kind of things, you know, there's these quote-unquote controversial passages in Ephesians about wives submitting to their husbands. And we're like, whoa, submit, you know, submitting to your husbands. This is, you know, you know, <laughs> ah, I can't believe it. You know, and I know I've met some of your husbands. It's difficult. Um, but, and, and husbands laying down your lives for your wives. Now, if we could just get this principle down, Forget about feeding the poor. Forget about how much Bible. Forget about if we just loved each other and served each other the way Jesus modeled it for us. I mean, could you imagine, you know, a reputation of a church community, the reputation of Christians like I don't I don't really know about this Jesus thing. They, they, you know, they worship. They kind of do this thing. I don't know about God. I'm kind of into evolution, whatever. But man, have you seen the way they treat each other? When's the last time you heard that? Now, granted, the news is a little bit, uh, they're not looking for places where Christians are serving one another, okay? So that's not how they make their money. But just here, just in your community, just in your home, imagine if you were the family that were known for, man, how they, imagine, and, the, and the, the husband knew that God had given him all power to run his household. And he knew that he was going to be held accountable for how he led his family. So he got up from the table. He put an apron on and he did the dishes. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what brotherly kindness looks like. And it looks like that with perseverance. Day after day after day after day. It, it looks like when one sibling has bought clothes that the other sibling wants to wear and they just argue and argue and argue about who bought it and how many times the other person's worn it. I, I, don't, I can't even, I'm just, try, I'm just coming up with something off the top of my head. I don't, I've never even seen this happen in real life. But it's that. And, see, and like as parents, we laugh, right? Because we look at our little kids, we look at our kids and we, we think, you guys are so petty, what are you doing? It's just a little piece of pie. I'll buy more pie, okay? You're not going to die from not having pie. Da, 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 da. Right? I mean, it's, like, it's, like, it's like we look as parents at our kids and we go, guys, wh- why are you fighting over the remote? It's a stupid television show. Like, TiVo, one of them. I don't care. What, like, what's the deal? How much more do you think our Heavenly Father goes, Really? Really? It's just a ministry, guys. It, it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. It's just cleaning up. It's just this or that. Why is brotherly kindness so far down the list? Let me quickly just get to another section of scripture. And uh, he says, I, I go to set, set an example. Let me, let me kind of give you the, the point. Brotherly kindness is treating each other as Christ would treat us. Not how you, you're not treating someone as you want to be treated because the heart is exceedingly wicked. Who can understand it? You might want to be treated in a weird way and, 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 and like, you're like, I'm going to treat you that way. Like, I don't know if you've ever met people who, with the whole family, the way they communicate is like arguing. And so they'll argue with you because that's the way they want to communicate. And you're like, oh, God. oh, please, no, no arguing, right? right? This isn't the way we treat each other, like how you want to be treated. Treat each other the way Christ would treat them. That, that adds a whole different thing. That adds a whole element to like, what would Jesus do during this time? How would Jesus respond here? What would, what would, what would Jesus say? That my, the horn on my car doesn't work 
right now. Um, and man, it's shown me a lot about myself. <laughs> like how much I lament not having a horn. The other day, this woman uh, cut in front of me. I needed the horn then. And then uh, this dude was eating a hamburger and the light turned green, the green arrow. And I knew you, on this particular green arrow, if you're four cars back and that first person doesn't step on it, you're going to miss it. And so the dude, so every car has to go. And the guy right in front of me was eating a hamburger. And I'm like, ah, ah, come on, you know, trying to roll down my window. Ah, ah, you know, whatever I could do to just kind of, to like, if, because if they don't, if it, if I don't make my way known, you know, and I do it very like, boop, 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 boop. you know, I'm very nice, you know, I don't, I don't do anything. No, it's like not having a voice in that environment told me a lot about myself. A, a, a bad lot. And like, I'm thinking to myself, I got to get my horn fixed. And no one's going to know I'm upset, impatient, uh, you know, unhealthy. Uh, oh, gosh. You know, right? Isn't that, isn't that the case? Let me just quickly um, go, go through how, how Paul, uh, um, Paul writes a few decades later after this. Um, he, he basically says, look, if you guys are anything of a church, like if there's any encouragement, any love, um, do me a favor, please. Make my joy complete and be of the same heart, the same mind, united in unity, intent on one purpose. If there's anything going on good at your church, could you please do me a favor and just like, take it to the next level. And here's the example he uses. He says, do nothing out of selfishness, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. This selfish ambition is, is, is my agenda. I have an agenda when I come to church, okay? Vain conceit is, it's for my popularity. I want to be on stage. I want to be the one in front. He says, don't, don't do that, please. Make my joy complete. Do nothing from selfishness. Do, uh, uh, do nothing from uh, selfishness, selfish ambition, uh, or vain conceit, but with humility of mind, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only at your own interests, but also the interests of others. You know what that word interest means in the Greek? Things. It's really general, which is cool, because it's not like, oh, you mean, you mean the, like taking care of my... No, it's just... Just don't think of yourself as much. Like, think about every decision you make and every little level. How does this affect so-and-so? What, would, what, what does this do for them, right? Now, again, it says you should, you should look at your own things. The New American Standard says do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. I mean, we all, we're all going to do that. Now, watch, watch what he says because this is, this is the kicker. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. It's kind of hard to argue with that. I tried all sorts of ways to get out of this one, but that's kind of the whole point of the list, isn't it? Now that we look back, we obey out of good, goodness because Christ obeyed, you know? Our knowledge is, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, yay, and the fellowship of his sufferings, boo, right? We, we, we want to know him. We self-control. It's being controlled by Christ, we go from there to perseverance. And there, we talked about there's no shortcut to becoming like Christ. And godliness is having the mind of Christ. I mean, brotherly kindness is just, you do it 
you have this attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. And it goes to the extent at how we should do this. We'll go through this very quickly. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, but he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, which is what we just read about in John chapter 13, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. It says, therefore God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What an example. What an example Christ leaves for us. What a horrible example. <laughs> because what does that do when I don't have a horn? I mean, what does it do for me when I feel like I've had a long day and I'm tired and I just want to be left alone? Christ was the ultimate, I call it, because he sacrificed so much he did not regard equality with God, something to be held on to, but he emptied himself and he came, came in the form of not a king above us, which would have been great. It would have been fine. To go from God to king, that's pretty humbling. To go from God to servant and then to turn around and go, do you know what I did for you guys? I want you to do the same thing to each other. That is brotherly kindness. As, as Luke comes back up, we're going to sing one more song and... Uh, um, I don't. I don't know how, what your family looks like, or what your what your um, work looks like, or what your school looks like, or whatever. But as we kind of head into this slower time of worship, think a about a couple things you could do. And, and, and they could be small. See, this is the great thing about a foot washing. For that culture, it was just what the servant did. It was just a normal, it was like doing the laundry, doing the dishes. It wasn't, it was like sweeping up. It, it wasn't this great holy moment. Like, oh, this foot wash. As we, it's become for us because we've understood what Christ did in that moment. That God served his creation, which is just mind-blowing. But the actual thing the actual example when he says do you know what i did for you we can do anybody can do this that's the beauty of it and yet it's so far down the list and so as we have a kind of a time is there someone you need to serve is there someone you've been maybe you have a brother or a sister and you guys have been fighting it out and battling it out maybe it's a husband and wife and you've been trying to like figure it out and you think what they're saying is unfair and you do all the work and blah 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 all that is it is it time to turn that around and say man if Christ can humble himself taking the form of a bondservant and then dying death on a cross I think I can give this up